hi, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. This episode is going to be one that is bound to delight fellow fans of graphic novels and comics. Before we dig into that, just a little bit of business to share with you. You have heard me talk about the nonprofit Pride and Less Prejudice before. They are one of my very, very favorite nonprofit organizations. They're doing great work to get books into classrooms. If you've not yet subscribed to their free newsletter, head over to the show notes to learn more about their organization. They're going to have some pretty amazing announcements coming up very soon. So I would highly recommend subscribe to the free newsletter. You get news from them. And uh, there's so many opportunities to learn from Pride and Less Prejudice. I'm also very proud of a partnership that we have with them through Shifting Schools. We have a brand new self-paced course that looks at the intersection of media literacy and inclusion. It's on sale all summer for $25 US dollars with every purchase that's made. $10 donation goes to the fine folks at Pride and Less Prejudice. So again, you can learn more about the course, more about Pride and Less Prejudice over there in the show notes. Now, on with the episode. I have been a fan of Rebecca Burgess comics for a long time. Uh, I have to admit, I was super nervous getting onto this call. I'm such an admirer of their work that it felt surreal to um, actually have the opportunity to ask them some questions about it. So as you hear us discussing different, um, different parts of, of their catalog and archive, please know right here up top uh, that all of those links are over there in the show notes. So join me in welcoming onto the podcast, Rebecca Burgess. Hi, I'm Bex, or Rebecca Burgess is like the name that I use online. Um, and I'm a comic artist mainly, and an illustrator. Uh, and I mainly write my own stories and draw them. Um, and I don't know, I cover all sorts of stuff in my comics, but we'll talk about that in the podcast. So I don't feel like I really need to talk about that. Great. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, again, <laughs> I, I sort of, listeners, uh, before we started the recording, I kind of embarrassed myself just... Um, I don't know, maybe gushing at how excited I was to speak to you because <laughs> you do cover a lot of uh, quote unquote stuff in your comics. <laughs> Folks, for anyone who has not come across your anthology before, uh, I absolutely love your work and I'm super excited that you have an upcoming book that is soon to be released this September 13th, I believe. Yeah. Um, Great. And it, it's called Speak Up. And I, I want to just quote the description. It's described as, quote, a touching coming of age middle grade graphic novel debut that follows an autistic girl who finds friendship where she least expects it and learns to express her true self in a world where everyone defines her by her differences. Can you speak a little bit about your process for creating the book? Because you are both the book's author as well as its illustrator. Yeah, um, I don't, it's pretty normal nowadays for people to like illustrate and write um, everything all together. If it, the process is easier because you can kind of like make better panel layouts and make comics really better when you do that. 
um, they would speak up. Uh, I just, I don't, I wanted to do something that, um, that I would have liked when I was a kid that wasn't around. Um, because I'm autistic and I just think that there's just nothing like that when I was a kid. There's barely anything like that now, really. Um, and I think when I was a kid, I was like mainly interested in not real life stuff, but I genuinely think a reason for that is just because I couldn't relate to real life stuff very much. I had to, um, yeah, look, look for relatable content elsewhere. So this was me thinking, I love middle grade because I really do love middle grade comics that are like, you know, addressing real life issues, but none of it is relatable <laughs> if you're autistic. So I just wanted to do something that, that like autistic kids can relate to. It absolutely feels groundbreaking, that's for sure. And I really hope it's going to inspire more stories like it. I'm, I'm super excited for that to come out. I think it's available now also for pre-order if, if folks want to pre-order it or if they want to Please nudge their librarian. Yes. <laughs> Um, Pre-order it, make sure that your, your local bookstores are stocking up on it. Um, and then also, I, I just like to remind my librarian, hey, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement around this book to let them know. And, and I think it's also useful if, if folks can, you know, add it to their to be read stack on Goodreads. Um, yeah, I actually first came to know about your work through an earlier text you wrote called How to Be Ace, a Memoir of Growing Up Asexual. The work received a great deal of praise online. You were a finalist for the PRISM Award in 2021. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what the response to that work has meant to you. Um, you know, from, from my perspective, it seems like it's just, you've had so many gushing reviews of it. Uh, I, I don't know <laughs> if, if, if that's the, the feeling that you've had and um, just, yeah, what, what that's meant. Yeah, I get emails a lot from people about about it like just and like dms and stuff from people just saying thank you because it's nice to find something that they can relate to um and yeah i really like i think it's really nice because like <laughs> a bit like what i was saying before like when i was younger asexuality wasn't really a thing so like i think when i was like 19 20 i just thought i was like completely alone and that i would have no one would understand this ever and I would just be alone forever but that's clearly not the case <laughs> and it's like every time someone sends you an email it's saying like oh it's so nice to feel heard and like and it's so nice to find someone that has the exact same experiences as me it makes me think of like when I was 20 and just assuming that no one felt the way I did so that it's like really nice it's yeah. so touching to hear um, you mentioned just emails and DMs. Uh, we just had Dahlia Adler on the podcast, who is also an author, <clears throat> and she um, she runs LGBTQ plus reads. And she said something similar that, um, you know, readers, we have no idea how much it means to authors when we do send a message like that. And I think maybe there's a misconception that, um, you know, like, I don't know, that it's not you on the other end of the email or that you don't want to be bothered by DMs, but I think it's a really great reminder because I know there are listeners to this show who run GSAs, they want, they run 
um, equity focused student groups. And I just think that's a great reminder for students to reach out to some of their authors who are trailblazers like yourself. Um, you know, I think asexuality just in the media at large is really not covered. You know, I would struggle to name an asexual character in a TV show or a movie. Um, and so, you know, again, it just, it strikes me that it's still so recent and your book felt so revolutionary in so many ways. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I really do think it's a huge milestone. So listeners, if you haven't checked out that book, um, again, I, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. It really is. It really is just a wonderful, wonderful piece of, of literature. And um, again, I, I think it's a great one for school libraries to have. Um, readers can also engage with your work online through a web comic that you have so generously made free that's called The Pauper's <laughs> Prince. Um, can you tell us more about how that web comic got started. I know that right now it has thousands of subscribers. And I, again, I'm wondering if you had any sense that it would grow to have that um, large of an audience. Yeah, that, that only happened recently. And that's because it got featured on um, the website for Pride Month. Um, and, it, and also I put the comic on TikTok and it blew up on TikTok's list. Hmm two things like coincided <laughs> until then it was it was quite small comic <laughs> um i i just wanted basically i i i was watching bridgeton and i just thought uh like, why isn't bridgeton got gay characters in it <laughs> so then i just made this web comic so i was like i just want like because i quite like that regency romance thing it was really fun and like really self-indulgent but i was like but why can't we have that with gay characters like so <laughs> it's quite a self-indulgent comic and like nothing bad happens in it or anything like that. it's kind of just like a normal romance um but yeah, just just with gay people instead. That's, that's so interesting because I saw that sort of critique of Bridgerton going around the web, around the web. So I just mm. love that you decided to do something about it. Um, yeah, I've just put me and my girlfriend's relationship into a Regency setting, but it's pretty much just our relationship, like how, how it came about and everything. It's going to be an asexual relationship as well. So, yeah, I don't that, know. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. I had no idea that was like the origin story for that. And, you know, you also have another piece of your work that, again, it's it's so generous of you to provide it just open to anyone free of charge. You're understanding the Spectrum comic. And again, listeners, I should say all of these resources are linked in the show notes. Um, can you talk a little bit about the choice behind making that resource free as well? Um, that, that was just like a ethical thing really, because I don't know, because it was, it's purely an educational comic. It's not even like a personal comic. It's literally just like explaining something that millions of people don't understand. <laughs> I just wanted to make it free so that like as many people as possible can have it, you know, which has worked because that that's got really that comic's really big. So like, because it's free, it means that people have been able to translate it and use it in um, 
in like doctor offices and in training programs and all sorts of stuff so like you know that can only come about if something is free because not everyone can afford to just spread something around um you know not everyone can afford to pay for stuff especially if you're just like a parent or something or a charity yeah it's worked out yeah i I mean i i I think it's such a great resource the audience for the show primarily educators um you know and educators don't always have the best of budgets either so i love that it's a free resource not only for them but as you point out that it's a free resource that they can point to for their parent and caretaker community as well Mm -hmm. It, it really is just such an amazing resource um, so that's why I, I kind of feel compelled. You've, you've put so much out there, just sharing it openly, giving to the community that uh, it almost like it, it behooves me to want to spend money on your books and to uh, <laughs> my favorite booksellers know to stack up on them. Um, because again, I think it's just, you know, what can we do to say thank you to you for, for sharing those resources? So uh, we're so excited about, I think it's September 13th, your book comes out. Um, And as we've talked about before on this show, um, pre-orders do matter a lot to authors. Do you want to just talk a little bit about why it's um, an important sort of statistic or it's an important trend for for your readers to do that? Um, It's really important because it gets the book more noticed. It gets booksellers... Because you'd think booksellers would just like decide to buy a book, put it in there, but they need to know that it's going to sell. So, like, when you pre order something, it kind of like kickstarts an escalation so that the book gets seen by more and more people. And then, and then it could get into bookshops and then be seen by even more people. So, yeah, it is important. It, yeah. And I, I, that was some new learning for me recently. So, um, again, if you're in a position to be able to do some pre ordering, please do that. Um, And I love that you pointed out how social media was useful with some of your work to generate some buzz and some conversation. Um, So I I also think listeners, like even if you don't have what you think is a quote unquote huge following, some of my best book recommendations have come to folks with, you know, just like a hundred or so followers. I think don't estimate, um, you know, the the power of, of social media to also be pointing readers in the direction of work. So thank you so much for giving up your time today. It was a real pleasure to get to virtually meet you. And um, I don't want to wish my summer away, but I really am looking forward to that release date in September of your next book. Thank you. (laughs) Listeners, thank you so much for generously giving of your time to be with us for this episode. I'm going to leave you again with a reminder that we are just a short while away from the July 30th and 31st free event from the fine folks at Mind the Gap. So stick around just for a few moments longer to learn how you can learn with Mind the Gap this summer. Mind the Gap is a free online conference on LGBTQIA research. Over two days, postgraduate researchers and community organizers from around the world present on the work that they do in a variety of disciplines, from looking at LGBTQIA education, to media representation, to innovative and creative ways of community building, 
Participation as an audience member is completely free and open to people outside of academia as well. For more information, contact the organizers on at MTG Conference on Twitter and Instagram. See our show notes for more.